0: the
1: Yikes!
0: Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like they say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. Pat we trust, inspire, have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome into Five on the Floor live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. You'll also find all of our Dolphins content from today. If you do that, Dolphins go to eight and three on the season. We had pregame show, postgame show, plenty of videos up there as well from the locker room. The press conference again as they go to eight and three on the year. If you're a Dolphin fan, the good news is Turn Armstead does not appear to be out for the season, so that's a win for them. The Miami Heat also win tonight, and to me, as we get into this and we'll get into the floor plan here, which I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk three hundred five. Alex Alito, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket Night off for Greg Sylvander. Uh, to me, this was one of the more encouraging wins of the season, actually, and we're gonna get into why and. And all of you know sort of what they can take from this, but there are some trends developing with this team that I think are positive, uh, that are trends we talked about before the season even started, and now we're starting to see some of it manifest itself. Even though obviously the start of the year from a record standpoint has been disappointing, we do want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, the Five Reasons Sports Network. I was just actually tweeting with her; she's a huge Miami Heat fan. Uh, You know her by now. She's Lynette. You can find her at A Aggressive Insurance. That's A Aggressive Insurance. Um, go to insurancebylanette.com. That's insurancebylanette.com. She's based uh, in sort of northwest uh, Broward area, but she can service the entire area. She can get you life insurance, renter's insurance, but especially she gets get you car insurance. And if you do not have a great driving record, I'm telling you she's the person to go to. She's a lot of experience uh, getting uh, – basically, basically getting people to get their licenses back. But not, not just that, but uh, she's more so the insurance end of it. Uh, which plays into some people getting their licenses back. I can speak to this from personal experience. Not me, but somebody I sent over to her. So 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800. Insurance by Lynette.com. We talk about the third quarter. I'll start with you, Alex, on this one. Um, and, And a lot of times, you know, Heat fans have this third quarter thing and everything falls apart after halftime. That was one of their best third quarters of the season. Actually, early in the year, they were actually playing better in the third than any other quarter. And then we've seen it fall apart lately. But here's what I liked, and, and let, let, I'm going to let you steer this one. You, you tell me where we should go here, okay? But the first thing I liked obviously was Bam. I mean, that we're going to we're going to probably do a full episode on Bam tomorrow. Another 30 point game, um, incredibly aggressive. I don't know why he's wearing Dwayne Wade's number, but at times he looked like him attacking the basket. Uh, and just all the other things he was doing. Basically, every time a smaller defender got on him, he went straight at the guy, which I know we'll talk more about that. Caleb Martin uh, had a tremendous quarter. I-, I thought especially the first five minutes of that third quarter, he was everywhere. But the other thing I liked about this that we get talked about a little less is that Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry could not shoot tonight. And I thought both of them played really well, particularly Tyler but in that third quarter you saw all of that stuff come together where we weren't talking about okay why isn't Jovich playing or why the, the the core guys that have to play well for this team particularly without Jimmy Butler did.
1: Yeah, and I mean look, you got 5 of 22 from Kyle and Tyler combined uh, just from the field tonight, so it's pretty amazing that they were able to come out with such a strong win like this considering the guys that they're still missing specifically just Jimmy right that's really who I'm talking about here yes Gabe is still missed yes Oladipo would be nice but to be able to do this on the road after a couple of strong games already right like we've seen the heat kind of get complacent before obviously they're not in a position to be complacent in any way so um it's it's good to see them kind of turn up as the game goes on right because it was a little bit shaky there even though it was a close game at the end of the second quarter I think obviously the third quarter was the the quarter that kind of they just put their mark and the game was kind of theirs from there they ended up outscoring them by 13 in the third and it really I think started with the defense so it's it's kind of I think right that you point out Bam and Caleb because they were awesome offensively for sure and I think both had terrific terrific games they were probably the two best players for the heat tonight not to take anything away from Kyle and Tyler because what I wanted to say was they did a great job just playmaking um You know, I think they ended up with around 17, 18 assists between the two of them. Not too many turnovers. I think it was about three combined turnovers. Um, So I just think it was a great team effort. And I think the way that the defense kind of tightened up in the third quarter led to everything else, right? They were able to get uh, in the fast break more. They were able to get a little bit more rhythm uh, on offense. And I just think, like, the way that multiple guys stepped up, right? Like you mentioned, you have Caleb having a great game. Max had a really nice game. Even Deadman had a nice game. And those, you know, all of them giving you between six and nine field goals made in a night, like that's huge. And, you know, in a night where you don't get that much from Kyle and Tyler. And all of this just kind of connects because I do think they've done just a great job keeping the ball moving, keeping the offense kind of going. Cause it really, the past couple of nights, these past few wins, it hasn't felt too stagnant. And even though Tyler is not a hundred percent yet by any means, I do like his confidence in just slowing down the game for himself, playing at his own pace, you know, because the shots clearly like his legs are not under him yet. A a lot of the shots are still short, but he can still move around the floor, even though he's not as relentless getting to the basket as he was pre-injury. He's still doing things out there and affecting the game. So I just think there was a lot of positives overall tonight on a game on the road where it really feels like they probably shouldn't have won, especially again, they won another night without making a lot of threes, not just Kyle and Tyler not shooting well. So a lot of it was on the inside. They ended up outscoring the Hawks by like 24 and just points in the paint ended up beating them, um, you know, round nicely in transition points. So I just think they did everything they needed to as a team to, you know, get this win.
2: Well, you mentioned some of the supporting guys and I think Brady, what's happening here. And this is happening without Jimmy back yet is some of the guys are finding their roles, right? Like, because when I've had conversations with, you know, upper levels of the heat organization, that's been the thing they've been telling me to be patient about. They're like, we've got guys playing above the level we expected them to play in terms of, in terms of you know their responsibilities. That that we, we're not expecting. You know, we were expecting maybe a Haywood Highsmith to have to pitch in for a couple minutes, but not be playing down the stretch or a Jamal Kane or some of these other guys, or to be counting on Deadman the way they've had to count on him with Yurt Hurd. Um, but you saw that you're starting to see it now. Like Deadman's been much better the past few games. I thought this was actually his best game. Uh, of the season so far in terms of what he contributed. You didn't see the, even with Bam playing so well, you didn't see the huge drop-off that we've seen. You mentioned defense. I thought Heisman had some really good defensive moments in this game where you're like, okay, I see what Spo sees, even though I wish that he wouldn't take the open shots that they're giving him on purpose uh, on the other end sometimes, right? Um, I thought Drew Smith played pretty well in, in short minutes. He gave them a little something that they, they typically get from Gabe. But... To me, it's all falling into line because I think that this team feeds off Bam Adebayo more than it feeds off any other player. And I'm including Jimmy Butler in that because they know what kind of intensity they're going to get from Jimmy when it matters. They don't know. They haven't known whether or not they're going to get aggressive Bam consistently. And I know tomorrow we're going to do a full episode, I I believe, on – Can Bam do this with Jimmy back? To me, that's the question, okay? Is Bam going to go slide to the side again because Jimmy is back? Even though Jimmy wants him to take the reins, we've seen that Bam only does this when Jimmy is out, typically, okay? Where Jimmy is missing portions of the game. But to me, this team, when Bam plays this way, they all believe they can win. It's just different because because this is what they – they, they expect it from him even if he doesn't expect it from himself. And Because he doesn't expect it from himself, sometimes they don't know if they're going to get it.
3: Yeah, I think not only does it provide like the jolt that you're talking about, but it changes everything that they can do schematically because the defense changes. Like if you have Bam attacking your big one-on-one, like on the break getting it, grabbing and going, going one-on-one of your big you're thinking twice sitting there in the, on the weak side corner. You're thinking twice at the wing. Like, you have to change things defensively at that point. And all of a sudden, Caleb gets an open backdoor cut. And then Max is an open three because of it. So everything kind of spirals from there. Where as Jimmy, it's more like, well, maybe we'll send a double. But, like, that's as far as we'll go. Like, he's not pinching the entire defense. So uh, this BAM aspect is is pretty wild, to say the least. I think this is a stretch or these games are important, these last two uh because i think you're seeing the two aspects from your two young core players that are probably more important than anything else is one is bam scoring which that we all know and i think two, as you guys hit on it is hero's passing like we know what hero is as a scorer we know what bam is as a defender but when they can take that second line uh it, that thing that should probably be in first line uh it changes everything and you were talking about that third quarter i just want to throw in the fact that uh they basically just like ran the same action for the like entire first six minutes of third quarter and and the hawks just didn't adjust to it and they just won basically because of that like it wasn't like we know it here we talk constantly about the hero bam pick and roll and all this stuff but they basically just like uh did like a side pick and roll where bam would set like a pin down hero would come off a curl and then it's hero and bam going two on one at your big like i don't really know what you do with that because even if hero is inefficient in a certain game you're not giving him his floater comfortably and you're not giving him his pull-up comfortably so you're having to play that little middle ground anyway. And, and he just kept hitting him on the lob, hitting him on the lob. Then he had uh, a third lob to him and it ended up being a goaltend that he got credited for. Uh, but I just thought that type of development is important. Uh, and you mentioned about kind of roles falling into place. And that's what I'm seeing from Caleb Martin. Like, he looks incredibly comfortable. Uh, I don't know if this – it's hard to say because part of this is like he's playing in the Jimmy Butler type role right now where this isn't going to be him falling into place. But I think you're getting an idea of where you can utilize them. What when can you utilize them? The spots on the floor. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that we're seeing a, a total flip. But we always talk about pace. We talk about pace with this heat team. But big the thing that's even bigger than pace is utilizing your two most like your two athletes on the team to be the high transition players. One of them is Bam that we're seeing. And the second one is Caleb Martin, because I just don't see many possessions where he's going down the break and he's getting stopped. Because once he gets into that like Euro step around the basket. He's probably going to convert. If not, you're still taking that look over and over. And then uh, the other stuff is, like, even the stuff in the half court. Like, he's cutting better. Uh, I talked about it the other day. But I think the way he, like, he when he gets the ball on a spot up, he does not, like, react quickly. Like, everything comes slowly for him. And it's almost like Jimmy in a way because Jimmy does everything slowly on, on his triple threats and everything. But Caleb just looks at his defender's front foot. And that's where he's going. Like, he just pretty much says, whatever you do with that front fit, foot, I'm going to attack it. I'm going to attack the basket. If you sag back, I'm going to take this spot of three. And he was two of three from three tonight. And the one was just a wild transition pull-up that I, he probably wouldn't take on the regular. So pretty efficient night. Like, if you're getting that from Caleb Martin, and then the stuff he was able to do defensively, that one block that he had in the big when he, the big kind of threw Tyler out of the way. Uh, and then you mentioned the other role players. I thought Deadman was a lot better tonight. Uh, specifically, like he had some good offensive plays, but defensively, he was all over the place at the bottom of the zone, altering shots around the rim. You had Haywood Highsmith playing good defense. So uh, we haven't had many of these all around games where we've talked about. So when you talk about kind of pivotal games, I think it's the Phoenix game. This is probably a strong second.
2: Yeah, after uh, we get into the performance solution of the game, we're going to take a lot of comments here. uh, Super chats, we will definitely take your comments, but I want to go a little bit deeper on Caleb here. We did an entire episode on him the other day. And we talked about how well he's playing and he's not getting credit. Even at that point, he was not getting credit for how well he was playing because everybody is attributing or a lot of people are attributing the heat slide this season to the absence of P.J. Tucker. And I just want to be very clear on something again when it comes to P.J. Tucker. Okay, it is somewhat unfair to compare what P.J. Tucker is doing in Philadelphia to what Caleb is doing in Miami, because we all agreed. I think all three of us. That once P.J. went to Philadelphia being coached by Doc Rivers, that a lot of the creative stuff, the empowering stuff that Spolster gave him last year was going to disappear. We, we we see this happen all the time, whether it's with veteran players, young players that leave the heat. P.J. has given the Sixers almost nothing offensively. Nothing. I mean, five of the last six games, I believe he's been scoreless. Okay, like people are saying he's just out there doing cardio for a three-year contract. That's not why I want to make the comparison here, though. Caleb Martin is showing the the direction the Heat wanted to go was the right direction in terms of style of play that this team needs, okay? More cutting, more athleticism, a team that doesn't have athletes. You mentioned it, Brady. They've got two athletes other than Jamal Cain, who's not playing significant minutes. They've got two, okay? Two plus athletes in the NBA. Caleb is one of them. This unleashed him. Now, I still don't think that four is his natural position. I think his natural position is doing the Jimmy stuff as a three. But the fact, whether they get a four this season or not, and I still think they might, the fact that Caleb has had to play those minutes at the four means that if he's one of their five best players, which he might be, okay, at this stage, lately he's been one of their three best players consistently, you can play him with Jimmy Butler because he's played these minutes over the course of the season, and I think that will matter a lot. They gave him that contract, and I can tell you that one of the things that Heat for Offices point out to me repeatedly is you guys and the fans, they keep saying this, keep saying we didn't do anything this offseason, okay? We had to re-sign a guy we liked a lot in Caleb Martin, and we got him at a price we felt was a reasonable price on a good contract with growth.
1: Absolute steal.
2: Well, we haven't, right. We haven't given them, I don't think, maybe we have started to on this podcast and on this channel. I don't think most Heat fans have looked at the fact, there's a lot of teams in the league that would love to have had Caleb Martin at that number, right, Alex?
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, I, I thought you were about to go into the break there, but I just wanted to point that out. Like I think at this at this point, it's looked like an absolute steal, and and we just did the whole Caleb Martin part, so I don't want to rehash everything, but this uh, he just came off now, you know, Two straight 20-point games. And again, in these weird circumstances where guys have been in and out, he's been playing without the best player plus, right, for multiple games now. This whole season has been weird where he's been promoted full-time to the four and it feels like he's not supposed to be there. He's still playing just as good and has gotten better in this time. So obviously it's really, you know, one of the the real bright spots in this weird heat season so far. It's not like you're going to rely on him to drop 20 or anything like that every night, but just him showing you that It's not just about, you know, three and D, right? Which he obviously does. He can, you know, he can hit an open three. And when he gets hot, he can face up and shoot it just like Brady was talking about there and take his own time. I just think he's somebody who, you know, he will beat the faster guy. He'll get offensive rebounds. He plays awesome perimeter defense. And he's just doing so much out there for them. And so I think, you know, that contract is looking like an absolute steal right now. If it would have gone into this (laughs) summer and let's say he keeps up this rate of play for an entire season and then is also relied upon in the playoffs to that way it might have been a thing where you know he's getting maybe double you know in, in he's a, he's
2: market. a 10 to 12 million dollar player right now i think and they got him for basically half of that um I, I and look here's the other thing about him that's different and then we will get into uh some of the comments here the thing about him, him that's different is that the heat typically develop limited athletes okay that their whole developmental program has been developing and uh, Tyler Johnson was, was a decent athlete. There are a few in there, but for the most part, they develop the Rodney Magruder's they develop limited athletes. They find one skill set, Okay. Whether it's shooting or defensive or whatever, they try to build upon that. Whether it's the Bruce Bowens or the Anthony Carter's you go way back. What's different about Caleb like Derek Jones is that he was a plus athlete that they've tried to develop. And Caleb is everything and more that they wanted Derek Jones to become that he did not become And, you know, the biggest reason for it, and I don't want to disparage Derek on this, okay, because I like there, it's basketball IQ. Caleb's basketball IQ is much higher than Derek Jones Jr. was, and I think that's why they've been able to draw more of this out. You see it, Brady, what you're talking about, the way he's reading a defense and is making decisions on the fly, feeding guys, knowing where his teammates are at all times, okay, offensively and defensively. His situational awareness is a huge plus And that's not something that Derek Jones Jr. or some of the other athletes that they've had. You go all the way back, a guy like Mark Strickland back in my day, okay. When I covered that, they they tried to develop that this this kid is he's different. Like they they have he's not just like some scrap heap guy. Like this is a foundational piece that Alex, as you mentioned, they've gotten him at a bargain rate deal. So if we're gonna criticize them for again a limited athlete in Duncan Robinson and paying that much money, or we're gonna criticize them for the Lowry the third year. We have to give them credit for the fact that they locked up this guy at, at a very good price. And not only that, he's a heat guy. Like he, his teammates love him. He has a great attitude. He understands the game. It's He's a perfect fit. He's a foundational player. All right. We're going to get to the comments here on the other side of this. Before we do, I want to tell you about ODM Performance Solutions. You can find them at odmpsi.com. Team building is hard. Um, just just ask the city of Sacramento until this season, actually. We're going to have to change that because they, uh, they've been playing much better of late. ODMPSI can help you build a winning team and keep it together. If you're looking to fill an important role at your company, ODMPSI can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. To find out more, check out ODMPSI.com or give them a call at 954-434-0634. That's 954-434-0634. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp hel dot slash Miami Heat.
0: This is the smell of a warm three-day old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy wimpy wimpy! <laughs> And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent.
1: Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. What's the
0: easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics
3: you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: We appreciate Manny Chang, our producer, doing double time today with the Dolphins in the Heat uh, for putting that up there for us. Um, Performance solution. Let's go to this. Let's project a little bit. I don't want to do all of this tonight because tomorrow is going to be about this. How do they get this BAM From a tactical standpoint, we're going to talk about the headspace stuff tomorrow, okay? Whether Bam will remain aggressive with Jimmy around. From a tactical standpoint, how do they leverage this with Jimmy back?
3: Make him the primary option. Like, I think it's that simple. Like, I I really look at the – I said it the other day. uh, The answer – we keep talking about how did they figure out the starting lineup stuff when they're fully healthy. Like, like, trades aside, this starting lineup, pushing aside the Jovic stuff as we (laughs) – Look, it's a night, a night where they get one guy back and he's not in the rotation. What—what um, What is the answer to that starting lineup? It's Bam Adebayo. Like, if he can open up everything offensively for this team, we know what he can do to defensively. But the fact when you make him the primary option, you work everything through him or most of the stuff through him and funnel everything through there, everything takes off from there. Shooting takes off from there. You have a, a guy that can just basically attack any five in this league uh, one on one, if you space out, he can go, he can make the passes back door. Like, everything you want to do is through him. Uh, and like you said, it's the headspace thing. Like, can he take the load of an entire season and be the primary option and not just like a two game span or like a road trip or something like that? That'll be the next question. But for now, like, this is pretty good to see because ideally, we said before as well, and I'll work in the Tyler thing is the fact that the starting lineup changed when everybody was kind of saying, like, get away from the Tyler thing, put him back in the bench. It was like, the whole goal here was to put your best action on the floor available to you at the beginning of games, like your best action, no matter what players you have healthy or Tyler hero and bam out you want to work that into the ground as much as possible. And that's the way to get bam going. And the key here is to get him going early in games. Like if he gets going early in games, he is a rhythm player. I feel like I say this every time we talk about bam out but he's a rhythm player. If he gets going early in a game, he's going to probably be in that 25 to 30 range. Most nights just that's how he is. Once he gets that shot, to fall, he's going to get to the middle of the floor and that's what's going to happen. How do you get him going early in games? You make him the primary option. You put him next to Tyler Hero, who's going to find him and get him the ball uh, and be a threat to kind of get him open. So, uh, like you said, we'll talk about, I guess, more in depth tomorrow. But I just feel like these these things that we're seeing is just it shouldn't be temporary because the the foundation is there to make this the number one option on this team.
2: All right, we're going to get to some of the comments here as we go. Manny Chang is putting them up, um in are in question form or also in uh, Super Chat form. We're going to take those here before we close. So, Manny, send them up here, and uh, I'll send them out. Uh, this comes in from Pamela. We appreciate the Super Chat. We have an A-team tonight. What up, fellas? We appreciate uh, you following here. We got any questions, and, and I'll, I'll throw them around. I'll give the next one to Alex. <laughs> well, this is just a comment, Super Chat. We'll throw this up from Matt. Cardio PJ does more than Cardio Duncan.
1: Is this like you, you threw that one up to me? I'm supposed to. I know that's to not that? a question.
2: So I that's throw one up. That's a question here. I know we got to the super chats first, also because we like money. But let Manny, throw up a, uh, th- throw up a question. I actually, there. did here we go. Here okay, we go. Okay, okay. you're gonna get the Highsmith question here, Alex. This comes from Marco. Why do you guys think Spo likes Highsmith so much? He plays him more than Jovic. I don't understand. Talk about it in the context of rotation tonight.
1: So I just think, and I've said this on other pods as well, I just think it's clear that Spo would rather go to a guy who he feels is more stable and, you know, especially in times like this where you're missing guys and you just want to make sure that you do enough on defense, don't lose the game that way. I think Spo just likes those types of guys where it's like, okay, I'm going to throw this guy in and he's going to do what I need. He's going to do the hustle things, right? And I think it pisses fans off because he's so, like, what's the word what's the, i don't want to say unpleasant <laughs> to watch because it's not unpleasant he's doing the right things on defense he gets on the boards like that's the things that he's actually pretty good at that and that's why spo leaves him in right he can play in the zone he's pretty solid in there and i think that's what most of it comes down to it's just you know he doesn't really do much on the offensive end outside of taking an open three or taking that little floater that he loves to take in the middle of the floor um but yeah, and I did want to point out a commentary I haven't been able to find it since I've been looking for it – who asked a question, did Bam ever have two straight 30-point games last season? And I thought that was a really good question because I, I think I, that's the biggest thing about all of this is Bam doing this two games in a row. He never does that.
2: I, I think the answer to that is no, just off the top of my head. But I'll, I'll do a search tonight. Um I, I don't think he's honestly – my guess is because again, that was a career high. well, it's not even a guess. Mike uh, he's never scored sixty eight points over two games. I, I can just about guarantee you. the commenter was thousand nine eighty five by the way. that's not, that's not a, right that we appreciate it. um I don't and, and I know that's a regular commenter here. I'll check it out, but I don't think there's any way here. uh Roberto, I'll take this one. The real question is can Bam and Caleb keep this up when Jimmy comes back? I can tell you, Roberto, that is gonna be the episode. Tomorrow, I don't think it's about Caleb continuing to do this. I think Camp Caleb will fit in where he fits in, right? Like that's what he's good at. It's will Bam. And, and and I think that's why tomorrow we're gonna spend 20 minutes on just that, you know, just this idea of will because I it's not it's not athleticism, it's not ability. It's here. If if Bam everybody wants him to take the reins, there is nobody that's stopping. Maybe some people say Spolsher is doing that okay but i can tell you that there's nobody else in the organization uh and especially not jimmy who is stopping him from doing that everybody wants him to do this all right let's get to this from corbs we appreciate super chat right after jason bam and jimmy operate in the same spots on offense that's why i don't think it'll work um you want to you want to take that one brady because that's something we have discussed
3: yeah i think it's interesting because they are utilizing the same spots and i think the Better way to phrase it is they're using the same actions because specifically with, like, the I always talk about post splits. Like, that's something that's a base of their offense, and it's something that Jimmy and Bam are revolved around. Like, both of them are revolved around it in different ways, Uh, but there's no reason why you can't utilize both in those spots. Like, uh, the key to this all is we keep talking about Caleb playing like Jimmy but I'm not saying for Jimmy Butler to play like Caleb Martin, because that's going to come off weird. But I think when you think of it in the context of the way he cuts and he moves at times, because there was like, I think it was the Phoenix game. The one that was the big win where Jimmy was moving all over the place. Like when he's doing that type of stuff, every you can utilize both in the same spots because they can figure things out. The issue is that when it's more like Jimmy playing in the standstill role and then bam's trying to play in the post split. And then now you have to kind of go off and on. That's when it comes problematic. But Movement is the key to it all. Like, everything is movement with this Heat team. If they're moving, they're probably going to have a positive offense most nights. But the way they're utilized, I feel like if Bam is on the ball, I think the question constantly is where is Jimmy? And is he hitting three consistently? He is this season. Is he going to be hitting the three consistently the rest of the season? I don't know about that. But that is the question. They are utilized in similar spots. They're both playmakers. They're both scorers. They're both defenders. Like, they're, they're similar players in that way. But I just think, like, when you're talking about like where each of them should line up, Bam should probably be a little bit ahead of him in the pecking order, especially with him being banged up, uh, at least in the regular season. We know playoff time, and I think for them to get over the hump maybe in the playoffs, it has to be Bam a little bit more than what we've seen. But for the regular season, it needs to be Bam all the way just to kind of carry this team to a certain point for Jimmy to take over. All right, we're going to get
2: to uh, one more super chat here, and then I got a couple of announcements to make, and we'll take one more question after that. Uh, that I know Lynette and others have asked, so I'm going to address it after the break. Uh, This comes in from Corbs. Uh, Thanks for the super chat. This team is closer than I thought. I truly feel a perfect player for the Heat to target is Jared Vanderbilt. Um, He checks all the boxes to make them a top five defensive team. Is is that We haven't talked about him much. We talked about him some, Alex, not a lot. Um, We've talked about guys with maybe more of an offensive pedigree at that position, but defensively – and I noticed Eric Reid, like I thought, was going to – like dropped dead from surprise that the heat played man tonight i mean eric reed has covered has called heat games for 34 35 years where most of them all they did was play man lock and trail tough miami Heat defense now it's like one possession of man oh my god what are they doing
1: um but but jared vanderbilt might allow them to
2: do a little more of that i mean what what are your thoughts on him alex
1: well yeah i mean it's definitely interesting um because i don't think I, I don't lean very hard on on one side of the floor when it comes to what type of four or front court piece that he should be looking at. I think it's just get somebody who is very good in the room, somebody who fits with your players, right? And then try to make it work from there, you know, because there's flaws that comes with all of these players that have been talked about, right? But I think Jared Vanderbilt is one who obviously is very defense leaning. He's a very, very good rebounder for his size. And so I think would fit very well into some of the switch heavy schemes that um, Spo has kind of gotten away from in these past few games without Jimmy right um, and so you know speaking of what you were talking about there the the man stuff like it's good to see Spoke go back and forth between the the zone and the man and just kind of throw off the rhythm of teams that way I'm I'm, I'm always gonna lean more towards you know uh, switching between two or three coverages right instead of just using one throughout the whole game even if it is zone which is already very unlikely for an NBA team but just in general Vanderbilt will help in any coverage that you throw out. I think he's an elite defender for his position, a great rebounder, you know, can hit an open three. I would say Caleb is probably a better shooter and better scorer mm-hmm. than Jared Vanderbilt. So, you know, just to give you a, a base on where his but they would would But they would but be in be a lot really of ways. Nice
2: but, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In a lot of ways, they would be very complimentary, I think. Like, in terms of one replacing the other, being able to use either down the stretch of games. I, I, Rebounding I is all, the big thing, too. All t- What's that, Brady?
3: rebounding is a big thing in in that acquisition. That changes a lot in terms of offensive rebounding and just building around that.
1: I can guard a little bit bigger players, I think. mm -hmm. And and
2: when I talk to Heat officials, they always say the same thing. It's not about who starts on this team. Eric Spolster needs seven guys that he can close with, five that he really trusts, and two others that are interchangeable that he can play Caleb Martin has established himself as one of those guys now. So, you know, that, that's the thing. You had a guy like Vanderbilt, maybe he becomes another. I want a couple of announcements here, and then I'm going to address a question that's come in here from a whole bunch of people. First thing is we're having our first watch party of the season. We picked a tough one. It's Wednesday night. They're in Boston. Okay, so let's see if they can keep this thing going. It's going to be a tropical distillery. It's in the Allapata area um, near Miami. And it's a free shot for everybody except Brady. A free shot uh, for everybody who arrives before tip off. Okay, so that's it. we will get you. We'll get you get that free shot. They've got food. They got. They got a food truck. They got. It, and it's a great spot. If you're not familiar with it, the Pouncy Brothers own it. Actually, or they're part owners in it. Uh, if you're familiar with Mike and Marquise, uh, who were obviously centers in the NFL for a long time. Mike with the Dolphins and Marquise with Pittsburgh. So good people, and it's gonna be a fun time. We're gonna have a bunch of our crew. Our producer Manny Chang is gonna be there. As well, um, we're going to lots of folks that, you know, are going to be down there. So come check it out. We're starting at six game starts, I believe, at 730. Um, so we'll be there till about 10 or 1030. And we're actually going to record live from there that night. Um, so after a few shots, that's going to be an interesting show. Oh, uh, well, and after a few Celtics, Jason Tatum shots, too. We'll see how that thing, uh, plays out. Uh, other other thing that I wanted to say, uh, prize picks, of course, use that code five FIVE. We just had our biggest week ever. The five reasons sports network because people are playing not just the NBA and the NFL, but also the world cup. Um, You got to follow our guy, Austin Robillard. He literally is hitting everything. He's made a ton of money. uh, If you don't know how to do the soccer plays. So we'll do more shows on that going forward. Of course, us resumes with Iran this week um, in the group stage. So we'll have all that. Use that code five, get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. And I'll answer this question. This came in from Lynette and others, Lynette and others. Here's the injury updates. Jimmy Butler is I've reported uh, on off the floor. Uh, Went and saw – he basically left the road last road trip to talk to doctors about his situation. There's no surgery um, being prescribed at this point. It's the same knee that he had problems with last playoffs. It's essentially an IT – if you're familiar with – and I am, unfortunately. If you're familiar with an IT band in your knee, essentially what happens is it causes – if it's not right, it causes the knee to flare up. And so what he has is inflammation and pain. Uh, that comes through and it's just got to be managed. Okay. It's got to be managed. They're not forcing him to come back soon. uh, But I heard this was not a long-term issue. It's just a pain management. Think of it somewhat similarly to what Dwayne Wade is not the same injury, but Dwayne Wade was a pain management tolerance issue. Is it worth playing him now? Is it worth waiting? Letting it cool down. That's what Jimmy has right now. Again, not the same injury because Dwayne's was a bone bruise, but it's a similar type of situation. Similarly, Victor Oladipo, for people have asked about that, again, is also a pain management, inflammation situation, even though it's a different injury. This is to the opposite, not the one that he hurt the quad, but the other leg. Um, I've heard he's close, though, uh, getting closer. I, I said about three weeks ago, I was told weeks, not months. I think we're getting into that space where we could see him over the next couple of weeks. Uh, people asked about Yurt. Yurt's not going to be back for a while, so I wouldn't anticipate Uh, him returning but jimmy i i do expect to be back uh relatively soon all right we appreciate everybody for joining uh we're gonna have a big episode on bam tomorrow thanks to brady thanks to alex greg got a night off he'll be back this week subscribe to the channel prize picks use that code five odmpsi.com and a aggressive insurance have a good night everybody
3: thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network